Simply Abundant Intuitive Hour, The Journey of Attachment, a special series that takes a deep dive into the topic of insecure attachment and why you can't let go. Here's Tracy Crossley. Hey there, how are you all doing today? I am doing well, just peachy keen. So here we are on the journey of attachment once again, and this one was inspired by one of my clients who specifically asked me to do this. And it came up in a session that we had because it was a surprise to my client in terms of how my client was operating when it came to who this person was attracted to. So this is about the attraction to unavailable people, right? And often we are put in a position that we can't understand, all right? Like we don't even get what our problem is in terms of how we stand in the way of attracting somebody who's available because it's on autopilot. So why do we attract people that are emotionally unavailable? Why is it that an emotionally unavailable person can walk in the room and, and not that we even know this because we haven't had a conversation, but we sure as hell seem to be attracted to them, right? And it's interesting because you can be an insecurely attached person who's done work on yourself as my client has, and you can still feel drawn to that person because it feels safe and familiar. And as we know, safe and familiar in this world is not necessarily a good thing. It's just what we are used to. So what I have found in working for the last nine years with people that are avoidant or anxious or a combination of both is that we really all are a combination of both to varying degrees, okay? So maybe you're more avoidant and your partner's more anxious. But then depending on what's happening in the situation, you can switch gears, right? We know how to push buttons. We know how to manipulate people. So anyways, I'm not going to get into that too much, but just to state that people in these insecurely attached relationships are attracted to unavailable people. And just because you're somebody who's the anxious type doesn't necessarily mean you're emotionally available at all because you're just operating on a needy feeling. When you're anxious, it's a needy feeling, right? A needy feeling is a mental feeling. And and I shouldn't say mental feeling, it's mental with a feeling attached to it. So it's this idea that something's missing and yet the feeling that that thing is missing and never coming back or something horrible. A lot of times we don't even know, it's just a feeling and we get stuck in it. So imagine that you have this under the surface, right? This is going on under the surface, this whole I'm unavailable, I think I'm available because I want, let's say, my dysfunctional relationship to work. I might think I'm available because if somebody walks in the room, I might smile at them and say hi because I'm being friendly and I'm being what I think is open. And I'm hopefully drawing them in so I get a date or whatever it is that I'm looking for. Unfortunately, our negative beliefs are always under that surface. They're part of what's under the surface. The negative belief plays a huge role, especially the one about I'm alone. Yay, right? I have a whole podcast on that because that 
sucks the life out of you in believing that you're actually alone. But on a deeper level, there's the I'm alone belief. And yeah, I'm alone, but it's not looking and wanting to have a partner. It's I feel safer alone because I can manage my feelings. I can manage my life. I can withdraw enough from life and get a handle on things and perhaps come back to life. And some people do and some people don't. Some people stay completely avoidant of everything. And I've talked about that in the different ways that people can be avoidant, right? So in terms of this person walking in the room, you are putting off what you are unaware you are putting off. And when you're looking at somebody, you're not aware of what you're picking up on. Often we're subconsciously looking for evidence to prove this fucked up belief, whatever it is. I'm going with the I'm alone one because that's huge with people that are avoidance. That we are looking, we're looking for evidence that it's true. So we attract the wrong partners. And this behavior being on autopilot because we don't have an awareness that we're doing it is pretty big. And so it's to become aware, obviously, of what's going on. And at the same time, it's to really find out more about ourselves, you know, on a deeper level. Like, what is it that makes me want to be alone? What is it? Because there's something. And you can tell me, no, 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 I don't want to be alone. But I guarantee there's a part of you that probably does if you are alone. And that may be where you go into denial. I used to go into denial. I had a lot of denial. But I also had a lot of excuses and I had a huge comfort zone in spending time alone because I could manage my life that way. It was so much easier, right? It, and, and it's funny because you think that, but then when you actually get into a relationship where you're in a partnership and you have to show up and you're participating, you recognize how small your life really was. I recognized how small my life got. I did things to break out of it purposely because I thought, you know what, if I stay here, I'm just going to keep attracting unavailable people and I'm going to remain unavailable. It's not just them, it's me. So we are attracted to certain things. So somebody walks in and they're giving off a certain signal that you pick up on because you're used to the emotional unavailability that has probably been with you since childhood. So it's a familiar characteristic and that means it's one of bonding. Because a familiar characteristic that creates that bond, and this isn't to say all familiar characteristics are bad. Obviously, there's positive ones too. But the ones that are negative, we're drawn to because physiologically, we're looking for the same. We're looking for survival. Oh, look, you have what I know, and I have survived this long. So therefore, I'm going to continue to survive because I'm going to draw in you who has whatever the characteristics are around being unavailable. It could be in how somebody looks. It could be in the energy they give off. And you can tell, you watch, you watch people and you can see people that are closed. You can see people that are open. People are happy, sad, depressed, whatever. You can just tell. We all can just tell when somebody enters a room. And it's to look at, oh, here is somebody who's going to probably reject me at some level. Like, let's say you're an avoidant and you don't want to get in a relationship, but you're telling yourself you do, but you're not really ready to let go of being 
in the I'm alone phase of your life and looking for evidence to support that, no. What you're doing is you're still in that place and then you draw that person in and then they reject you and you can go home and tell yourself the story of poor you and how things never work out because we tend to do that to stay stuck in this stupid pattern. And I say stupid pattern because on the one hand, we really, really do want a relationship because all of us want to be connected. But on the other hand, it's these freaking patterns and our patterns are all about safety again. Well, that's familiar. Oh, look, that one over there, he or she, yeah, they have what I need because that is a characteristic that's familiar of my dad. And it doesn't even have to be that this person's just like your dad or just like your mom, but there's an element to how you feel emotionally. So the familiar walks in. And of course, if anybody is possessing any characteristic that one of your primary caregivers had, then that is going to be familiar. That's going to make you feel like you're home again, or there's something here that you're not necessarily sure what it is. I remember when I was dating a few years ago and I started dating somebody for a while and it gave me a great amount of anxiety. And I got very clear that it had to do with the old unavailability. I was more available than I had been, but I was not not at all anywhere in the ballpark of being available enough for a healthy relationship. So I look back on those things and those were moments where I woke up because most of this is an awakening that takes time. It's not like you wake up to this stuff because now you've decided you're going to be 24 seven aware. Half the time we don't even realize our reactions until after we've had them. So maybe you're online and you're looking at pictures and you're looking for a specific kind of person as you're dating in, in terms of what they look like. And then perhaps, you know, you're evolved to a certain degree as far as your own self-awareness and you're thinking, I want somebody who's really going to fit that, right? I want somebody who's on par with me. And so you keep looking and lo and behold, you pick another unavailable person, right? And you're like, how did I do that? That's like a magic trick, but not really magic, right? <laughs> not really the kind of magic you want. And we do it because of what we are looking for. One of the things that I got very clear on, and in, in this came over a long period of time, and I didn't realize, and I was looking at a journal from a few years ago, and I had said how I want a very kind partner. And kind, that four-letter word, was something that stuck with me for a long time. Like, I knew that I wanted somebody who was a really kind human being, and so over time, I would find that I didn't date anybody that was a jerk. I really haven't. I mean, there have been, let me take that back. There were a long time ago, but not anything in recent years where I'm like, oh my God, that person's such a jerk. Um, but I, I would say in the past, I still wasn't feeling the kindness because I wasn't really ready for the kindness because I wasn't really being all that kind of myself at different times points in my life but the kinder I got to myself the more relaxed I got to my did I say got to myself <laughs> what am I saying uh that I was to myself the kinder I was to myself and the more relaxed I was inside of myself and all of these characteristics of really being authentically me actually 
played into when I was ready to attract somebody who was actually kind and I was ready for it. And, and it's not that the universe withholds people. Like a lot of my clients will say, oh, I wish the universe would just give me somebody or why is the universe punishing me? And it's not true. It's us doing it to ourselves because of these patterns that we can't see and that we need to see so that we can let them go. We can stop looking for evidence that they're, the belief underneath the pattern is true and instead live from a place of creativity and desire. Because many people on top of all this autopilot patterning and beliefs and all that good shit, most people who are attracted to emotionally unavailable people are also attached to outcomes. And the idea of a good partner, which has very narrow characteristics. In other words, I always talk about not being attached to an outcome. There is a reason because you're not in the moment. You're in a future moment that hasn't happened yet. And therefore, many people that, let's say, have the I'm alone belief going on and have the feeling about not sure what they're doing, hoping, you know, Superman's going to show up or Superwoman and they're going to be that partner that's going to make it all better. So there's an attachment to that happening. And anything in between is a disappointment or anything in between is a struggle. Anything in between is not where they want to be. And unfortunately, we continue to do this when we're not aware of our own perception and the energy it creates inside of us that exudes from us. Like people can look at you and go, God, you're so happy. And you're like, I know. And it's not that you're smiling. It's how you're carrying yourself. It's how you are exuding a certain energy. That is where people meet. That is how people meet. Because there's a certain energy somebody gets off, excuse me, gives off. You could have 10 people lined up in a row and they all could be smiling. And you could say, oh, they're all smiling. Does that mean they're all nice, kind people? No, they're all smiling. But there's certain characteristics you can even tell about a person when they're smiling, right? So it's not about that. It's not about forcing it. Like I'm saying, oh, I smile and wave at everybody that walks in the room. Well, great, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're available. You're doing what is still safe inside your comfort zone if you're still single. Your comfort zone will fool you and make you think it's something outside of you when it's really inside of you. And so getting back to the whole Superman, Superwoman, because the good partner idea is really from a fairy tale. It's about somebody rescuing you. It's about somebody taking you out of your shitty existence emotionally and bringing you forward. That magical person, I am telling you, that doesn't exist. It does not fucking exist. I have a great relationship. I enjoy my relationship, but my partner is not magically taking me out of somewhere that I have been and vice versa. We are good to each other. We enjoy each other. We have a lot of things in common. I mean, there's just so many things, right? And the thing is, is that most of us do not even understand the concept of, first of all, taking care of of ourselves, you know, self-love and filling that empty space inside and how another person really doesn't have the ability to fill it. They might temporarily because you're all lit up and excited. But the truth is, 
if you're not lit up enough to want to be connected, nobody can walk in and change that because you have a belief system that gives you a certain perception. I mean, look at how fucked up our world is right now on so many levels, right? Or look at how wonderful our world is on so many levels. So I can say both things, can't I? It depends on what I'm paying attention to. So one person will go, oh my God, this world is so fucked up. This is wrong and that's wrong and blah, blah, blah. Because their belief about the world is this is fucked up. And so what they do is they look for evidence. I mean, hell, all you got to do is turn the news on, right? Or go on Facebook and look at your news feed and see, holy shit, it's a surprise every morning we wake up, right? That we're here. So if you have that belief, you're going to keep feeding it. You're going to keep finding information that feeds it. If you have a happy belief like, hey, the world is a great place to be. Everything is great. You're not going to turn the news on. You might go find a site that talks about kittens and you know, kangaroos, or you might find happy news, or you may just be fucking happy in your own life. And therefore you look at everything else as it's happy. Seriously, it's the same way that we view everything. We have this belief system. That's why you can stand a bunch of people in the same room and they all have a different opinion of some activity that's going on and we'll think how could that person be so stupid how can that person look at it that way oh my god what's wrong with them see it is so on autopilot for many people they don't even realize what's driving their behavior and this relates to how we attract people look at your friends look at how you spend time look at all of it okay and when you do you're going to be surprised because most of this, as you start to look under the surface, does become clear. It's not on autopilot anymore. And to me, that's a big thing. And when I look at, you know, and, and it's funny because I look at my own past and I see where I had an idea of some kind of perfection, right? And I was too afraid. I had a lot of fear. So... I was too afraid, in other words, to be so open, to be so courageous. And I mean courageous because it takes courage to be emotionally available. It really does. Because you can get hurt, because you're being open, you're not trying to control other people, you're not manipulating, you're not doing any kind of strategy, you're not forcing your will upon somebody. Really, you're not controlling shit. So when you walk into that place and, and you know, and looking back, I wanted it to be somebody was going to come along and pull me out of that, right? And pull me out of all that fear because I was afraid of all those things I just mentioned. I didn't want to get hurt. I didn't want to pick the wrong partner. I mean, on and on and on and on. And so I thought this person had to have lightning bolts shooting out of their ass or something at some point, right? <laughs> you know, obviously that's not true. And so we tend to do that because we have all this fear of getting hurt or being destroyed or even having em emotional intimacy. There is so much about fear of intimacy out there. I have podcasts on it and it's true of so many people. It's the thing we crave, but it's the thing we fear because some of us are afraid of being dissolved in somebody else, right? We're, we're afraid we're going to be swallowed up. And so 
again, that whole I'm alone thing can keep us alone because we have a fear of that. And so we are always looking for evidence around the I'm alone. We're always looking for it. It's been based from your childhood. We're looking for partners, again, that remind us of our parents. And the thing is, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because we act in ways that confirm that belief. And I have, again, a whole podcast on this if you're interested. And my point is, so it was safer to be alone. Because to me, like as a, when I was a kid, I didn't want to hang out with my parents a lot of the time. I wanted to be in my Rome, my Rome, my Rome alone. <laughs> I wanted to be in my room alone because I had control of my feelings. Nobody was in my space, right? I could disappear with my headphones on and listen to music and draw. I spent a lot of time doing that. Or I'd want to be with my friends and I wouldn't want to be with them. It was no fun. I hated it. I really did. Like I can remember vividly feeling that way. And it was because I didn't feel safe. Usually if my parents knew anything about my life, they would be interfering with it, putting me in a position to basically feel I got to get out of here. I got to get away from them. I can't handle this, you know, and I was, I just was so out of sorts. I think most of my childhood because I never felt accepted by them on top of it. So when I was alone, I didn't have to worry about being accepted, did I? Well, when you're out there dating, a lot of people have a fear of being accepted. Are they going to accept me? Are they going to like me? Are they not going to like me? Right? Well, when you have insecure attachment, those are tough questions. If you're securely attached, you're willing to put it out there. Enough. I'm not saying they're, you know, all about made of steel. It's they're willing to put it out there to the degree that they at least are saying, hey, you know what? If I get hurt, I'll be disappointed, but I can wipe off my, you know, whatever. I can get up off the floor and wipe myself off and keep going, right? So when we have this whole way of being that's under the radar, we operate from a place of fear. And like I said, neediness instead of connection and intimacy. And we fear our needs are never going to be met and no one's ever going to want us how we are. We feel like we have to be somebody else. That's another part of the problem. Because when you're being somebody else and then you're trying to attract somebody to you and you're being inauthentic and they're probably being inauthentic and then it's like a match made in inauthenticity. And that's when a lot of problems are created because nobody is accepting themselves because if you are being inauthentic, you are not accepting yourself. And the other person. So it's like this street, you know, you're both going down a street that has one lane and you crash head on into each other. And then you're trying to pick up the pieces and call it a relationship. I mean, I had a client who every single person this person chooses is so unavailable. It's crazy. Like they have neon flashing signs. I'm married. Oh, there's a good partner when I'm looking for a happy, healthy relationship, right? To pick somebody who's married. Obviously, you're not looking for a happy, healthy relationship. And you have to be aware of that. Not to beat yourself up, but to recognize the characteristics you're attracted to and why that feels safe and why you're comfortable doing it. And then doing something about it if you want to. You don't have to. It just depends on what you are looking for in life. And my client that 
wanted me to do this podcast wants to have a happy, healthy relationship and is tired of being in their own way about getting there, right? So we operate from this place where the fear of rejection is so strong, right? We're shielded. We're waiting for perfect princess or prince. And we keep meeting, you know, the, uh, the, the horse and carriage that turns into a pumpkin at midnight, right? So <laughs> we're, we're going, oh my God, I can't believe I'm meeting another person like this. I remember feeling that way. Like, why am I meeting people who are like the same person? Like, I remember this a long time ago. Gosh, they're like the same person. What is up with that? And anybody that was available, because they were around, I remember. And I was like, eh, no, 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 no. And when I look back, I look at how much fear I had back then. I had a lot of fear after I got divorced. I had a lot of commitment issues. I had a lot of, oh my God, looking at a couple together just seemed boring and what a waste of time and all it's going to turn into is pain. And yet, on the other hand, I want a companionship. So I had a lot of fucked up relationships for a long time because I didn't realize the, you know, I didn't have the clarity and I didn't realize at the time what was going on and how unavailable I was. And in looking back at it, I can do that from here because it's such a contrast to how I feel now, right? So we being attached to outcomes, I need to meet someone now so I don't spend the holidays alone. I'm sick of being alone. I hope this date I go on tonight is going to be the one, right? And then we have a limited opening for what we will accept in that role. Our checklist can be very specific. We are not open. So everything is small and limited. And you don't see it because you have those beliefs and you have the patterns that support them and you believe the story you tell yourself. And you have a resistance to changing your story. You want to keep that fucked up story for some reason. And, and you don't have to, but it's what you keep choosing to do. And most of us will do this without having a clue we're doing it. So when we say we want someone who's available, oh, he or she, they're unavailable. Well, so are you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be attracted to them. But, the, but, but let me back up a second because I get so tired of the judgment. It's not about judging another person and where they're at. It's knowing when you're unavailable and you're attracting somebody who's unavailable, it's that there is pain on both sides that's unresolved, old pain. And both parties probably don't recognize their unavailability because sometimes you can get into something, let's say you get into something and that person's married, right? And they may have an intention of leaving and they're miserable and so on and so forth. And who knows what's going to happen, right? I mean, most of the time, nobody leaves. But the point is, most of us are looking for a chance to be rescued, for something that's amazing to come in to excite us. The problem is, human beings and healthy relationships aren't exciting in that way. They don't have the thrill of a roller coaster, all right? But they have a feeling that's good, a sense of well-being, a sense of companionship and partnership and consistency and all that good stuff. That is key. So when you are in that place and you're being consistent with yourself, okay, 
you are being stable in terms of you're not, you know, I don't want to say impulsive because to me that's not necessarily a bad thing. It depends on what it's related to. But, you know, you're you're being consistent. You're saying and doing things that are consistent. You're in alignment with your own desires. You're not acting against yourself for the most part. You're not perfect. But when you're in that place, that's a totally different place than being closed down and assuming every date you go on is going to be a flaming failure, but yet you're trying to say, no, maybe this will be it, instead of just going on the date and enjoying a date and not having some attachment to it being anything more than an opportunity to meet somebody, to see if you connect, to check yourself out and see how authentic you're being or closed you're being, right? Open your being. And that's it. And if it goes beyond that, because both people are interested, awesome. If not, it's not a personal reflection of you being a horrible human being. But a lot of times that disappointment relates right back to that old pain from childhood, you know, that non-acceptance. You have to take the focus off the other person to accept you and you have to work on your self-acceptance, okay? We always attract people exactly where we are in all parts of our life, all parts of our life. So we attract people for certain reasons. There's certain characteristics, again, going back to what I said earlier, that we attract. If you want to attract open, you have to be open. When you're comfortable in your skin, you exude a different energy than when you're closed. And when we seek validation that we're worthy, but unconsciously look for someone who invalidates us to confirm that old I am alone belief is true, it's safer to be alone. So I have a client who she went out with her friend, like she's had this friend for years and she'd go out with her and she'd always not look forward to it because she always felt her friend got male attention and she didn't, right? And so she would always tell her story about, well, my friend always gets the guy and I'm meant to be alone. So she played into that role to prove she's right. It would be how she would hold herself. It would be how she would look. It would be how she'd shy away from the conversation. She would seem kind of distant while her friend would be engaged in pulling somebody in. And I'm not recommending pulling people in either, but we tend to act into our outcome. That is why you don't want to be attached to an outcome. When you are attracting people who aren't let's say the one, okay, for lack of a better term, the one, and you're attracting others, it's because you're fulfilling that story. It's you're trying to prove you're fucking right. Yeah, you are. And so then you are attached to an outcome. Before you go on a date, look at what attachment you have to an outcome. You might have more than one attachment. You might have one to, well, I, nobody, I know there's nobody out there for me. And you'll know that because if you say that to yourself a lot, then that is an outcome you believe, okay? Or I'm meant to be alone, but I'll go out on this date. Well, you're going to fucking do everything you can to prove that. And then you'll go home disappointed because on the one hand, you don't want to be alone. But on the other hand, you're doing what you can to be alone, all right? So avoidance don't think it's about them. Avoidance spend all their time looking at what other people are doing because we are so used to reading other people to make ourselves feel safe. When you're a little kid and you don't feel safe in the world, you're checking out everything in your environment. Physiologically, again, it's a survival mechanism. 
I got to check everything out. I read people to see who's happy with me or who's not happy with me. So we're totally focused and in tune with what other people are up to so that we can gauge what it is we need to do in showing up. You know what I mean? Like showing up for a date, showing up for whatever. It's like we use that information and then we try to sort of chameleon-like put ourselves in a place where, oh, I'm irresistible to this person because now I'm acting like what I think they want by what I've read off of them. Well, fuck that. You're not being authentic. It's a lot of work and you're not really attracting an authentic relationship to yourself. So what can you do about it? Well, you can realize you don't have a type. You notice what you're normally attracted to, but don't lead with it. Look for other qualities that you find attractive, but usually you dismiss them. Because there's a reason, like I was talking about the kindness, use that, you know, I want somebody who's kind. Look at how you may be looking for other things besides kindness. You got to start somewhere with a quality that is important to you, but it's not the one you usually lead with. Most people lead with chemistry and chemistry is just a reminder of, hey, hey, that person. And I'm talking about crazy chemistry. I'm not talking about being attracted to somebody. I'm talking about, woo, that chemistry. That shit is potent because it reminds you of some feeling from the past and your subconscious is like, oh, we know this. We know this. Oh, good. Okay. We're going to get rescued by this person. This person is going to come in and keep us safe. Yeah. Keep you safe in your fucked up comfort zone, right? So you want to know how to do it different. Pay attention to yourself. Get to know what you're doing. How are you holding yourself? What are you doing when you go out? What are you thinking and feeling? Notice how you have your armor on and take it the hell off. Don't pick people apart. Don't worry about blowing your chance. Be open for the journey, not the destination. We don't give a shit about the destination because we're not there yet. Don't try to force something to happen just to make it happen, whether it's I want this to end badly so I can go home and feel bad. Of course, that's an autopilot thing. It's not like you're sitting there thinking, yes, let me make this end badly. Or I need to be asked out on a second date. Or I need to ask this person out on a second date to prove something. Be real. Just look at it as an experience. Instead of anything bigger, anything where you have an outcome that needs to happen. If you really pay attention to the journey and being authentic in your skin and noticing how you feel when you're around somebody, noticing if you connect, that is all you got to do. Whatever you can learn about you, if you really focus on that, all of this other shit, all these other outcomes, they go away because it's no longer about that. So don't futurize or make this person have to be the one because you don't want to be single anymore. Get rid of your deadlines. That provides a lot of pressure. Get rid of it. Oh, I got to have somebody by Christmas. Forget it. Think about how you can give yourself a lot of joy, how you can treat yourself in a way. I'm not talking about spoiling yourself. I'm talking about treating yourself, like date yourself, be kind to yourself. You want to attract kindness? Be kind to yourself. Show yourself kindness. How do you show yourself kindness? Well, if I say I want to be treated with kindness, then I better do it. Other people will do it after I do it. But if I'm not doing it, not everybody's going to be treating me kindly. Somebody's going to be reminding me I'm not nice to myself. So boundaries, stop people pleasing, stop perfectionism. Those are all things that take away from being kind to yourself 
or whatever characteristic it is that's important to you. So you want to be real and relaxed as much as possible. You can get there. This isn't like an easy, smooth ride, by the way. It's kind of bumpy and you can fall in some, you know, pits, <laughs> holes, whatever. You can just fall in. Oops, I tripped and fell. It's okay. Just get back up. Stop trying so hard to the point of being disappointed all the time. Okay? So to end this or wrap it up, we are attracted to people who will confirm our belief we're meant to be alone or we're meant to be disappointed or we're meant to be on this never-ending habit trail of dating and never getting anywhere and always dating the same kind of people. We don't allow the space for someone to come in without trying to make them the one and we need to get freaking past that because we are only doing a disservice to ourselves. You never know when someone will show up so you always have the possibility to meet somebody. You just have to be open. You must chill the fuck out and surrender. Stop trying so fucking hard. Relax. Let it flow. Stop trying to control everything, right? If you need help with anything like that, guess what? You can go ahead and check out my other podcasts that are all about that. Okay? Anyways, everybody, take care. Thanks so much for tuning in. Bye-bye. Questions about today's show? Reach out to Tracy at info at tracycrossley.com. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave a five-star rating for the show so it can be heard by more people. For all things Tracy, check out tracycrossley.com.